You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. January is different, isn't it? It is for me. I feel it is different. I feel like there's been a shift in January that I did not anticipate. I knew it was a year of open door. I knew all this kind of stuff, but I didn't know what it was going to feel like. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And it has been quite the first three weeks. It's been a whirlwind of the first three weeks. So I've got a few things I want to share with you. And I feel like the Lord is breaking open something new for us. So we're going to all learn together. Because, you know, sometimes when you have something new, you only have a part of it. And then as we begin to talk about it, bigger parts fill in, right? Um, so, uh, so Lord, we just thank you for your presence. And we thank you that you are a translator. So I may some, say something wrong, but by the time it gets into our ears, it's all fixed. So, so Lord, we just thank you that you know how to interpret into our hearts what you've prepared for us to receive. Amen. So, you know, the first couple of weeks of the year, the first two weeks of the year were kind of tough. I got far behind. For me, it was, I was far behind. And um, I just couldn't quite figure out how I was going to get caught up. My whole first week of January, I didn't get done when I was going to get done because I was sick. And, and um, so this past week was like, okay, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. So by Wednesday, I'm going to be honest with you, I hadn't got it done. There was this that had to be done and that had to be done. And, and, and then I had to play tennis, you know, the important things of life. And, and don't let me uh, skip over how important that is for me anyhow. So by Wednesday, I was like, I'm sure, you know, I can get some of this stuff done. So I start working on it, and then suddenly there was just like this momentum that built. As I picked off one thing, then it just began this momentum toward the second thing, toward the third thing. I even had a two-hour call that I wasn't expected to be on that I was on. That It, it was like that two-hour call didn't even exist because my time didn't get eaten up by that call. It just, it's almost like there was a spirit hold until I got off the call, and then I got back to work. And I got all of this stuff done. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I know you've stretched time before, but there is something different happening. And uh, a friend of mine, he's in Mississippi. He always says, something's happening. Something. God is doing something. And you try to spell that and, you know, we'll go from there. But that was his favorite thing. Something's happening. God is moving. And that's what I keep feeling. Something is happening that the Spirit is doing, and we can't quite put our fingers on it, but it, there is an awe that is being raised up out of us because we can't figure out what's happening. We're like, God, what is happening? And Friday night, we, uh, we did a little thing, and we're going to do that this morning because I felt like we needed to repeat it. But uh, Friday night uh, during worship, the Lord kept you know, showing me 2024. And how he has 2024 under control. 
And part of the testimony was this past Wednesday when I'm worried about not being able to get anything done and having a two-hour call and all this. He's like, I have this under control. You think you're in control, but your control is stressing you out, which it was. It was because I'm like, I, I can get this done. And then the call came in. So he's like, I have 2024 in control. Your destiny is in my hands. That's what his word says. And we aren't talking about eternity that's, you know, going to be for some of us 50, 60, you know, whatever years away. He's talking about every single day. He has our destiny in his hands. In his hands. Yes, that is correct. And so um, I was thinking about it. And I was like, huh. So if you have my destiny in your hands and you are working things uh, out that I don't even think I can get worked out, then something's happening. Something's happening. So Friday night, uh, as I was, you know, as we were um, praying, and I'm going to have Gene share a little bit in a minute about what happened Friday night with him, because I feel like as we experience things, as God moves through each of us, like we were sharing testimonies, what it does is it opens up the possibility for the rest of us to experience the same. You know, we saw, we heard two financial breakthroughs, you know, you know, and I don't know if Karen actually said this, but when she did that, the check that she got either paid for it completely or almost paid for it completely. The service and the tip, not just the tip, but the service and the tip. You know, Michelle, you know, she, she gets robbed and then she gets blessed repeatedly and financially. You know, Ella actually came in after the healing wave had occurred. She didn't even hear that part. And she comes in and walks into a river of healing. You know, God is, God's moving. He's moving. But not just in the big swing, the big swish, but in the, the minute micro things in our life. And so anyhow, Friday night, I, I kept seeing a calendar. I kept seeing 2024, and I got a slide for us, uh, just in case anybody doesn't know what 2024 looks like. There it is. Look at that. How about that? That is some action this morning, right? So I... So I kept seeing 2024 and the Lord said, just lay your hands on 2024 and just release it into my hands. Know that I have 2024 covered. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to think about whether you're going to get something done because I am on it. And, and I'm sure he's thinking, in spite of your actions, I've got this covered, right? You know, that's how you tell your grandkids sometimes, that's okay, you do what you do, but I've got the rest of it taken care of, right? And that's what the Lord is saying. So I want us to just visualize that 2024, and I even went through the months, January, put my hand on it, February, put my hand on it. Just visualize 2024 and just lay your hands on it and just say, Lord, Lord, you've got this covered. My destiny is in your hands. So whatever happens, you've got it. Amen. I mean, it's a, it, it, there's just power in this year. And I know there's going to be a lot of things that happen this year. But you know what? God is bigger than anything that's going to happen this year. Uh, yeah, God is bigger than anything that's going to happen this year. 
Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is out of Psalm 16. I didn't give uh, know this, but I'm just going to read it out of the Passion Translation. It says, I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands, right? You have the details worked out for me. So I'm leaning into his details. I know what I'm supposed to do this year, but I know that he's got the path that I'm supposed to be on to do it. And even though it was Wednesday before I finally started getting anything done, he wasn't worried about Monday and Tuesday because his timing for me is in his hands. It's in his hands. So, uh, and he gave me one other little indicator too. He always gives me confirmations. He, he demonstrates what he's telling me, right? So I want to share this other one with you too. I do a two-day intensive twice a year, you know, business leaders and ministry people come from around the country and, you know, we do what we do. So uh, a week ago, I was like, you know, Lord, I've only got one person signed up. This is going to be quite an intensive. And uh, I mean, it's going to be intense. If there's just two of us, we're probably going to need two days, right? So I was thinking about it and there's that little bit of concern, you know, in my mind, you know, I'm like, okay, so how's that going to work? And I even thought, should I delay it to the September? Because I do one in September also, one's in February. Should I delay it? Yeah. And so then last Saturday night, I had a dream that my intensive was full. So I have one person signed up for it. And I'm like, okay, Lord, so it's full. The next morning, I have someone contact me and say, I'm coming to your intensive. So last week, I had all these people sign up for my intensive and it's almost full. And the Lord is like, see, I want you to see that the things that concern you are already taken care of by me. And uh, that's powerful, isn't it? You know, that, that I feel like 2024 is going to be so tangible and uh, we're going to have such an awareness of the uh, uh, moment by moment involvement by the spirit in our lives. And it's moment by moment. It's not like what I need to do Friday. You know, this, I told everybody I stayed up too late watching tennis last night. Um, and then the alarm woke me up this morning, but it was like, it startled me because I was in such a dead sleep. And I thought, whoo, this is going to be a tough one. God's like, I'm like, no, it's okay. You know, I got to quit saying out of my mouth what's coming in my mind and, and start speaking out of my spirit what I already know is true. And sometimes it's just reactionary. You know, it's just, you know, you say these little colloquialisms and these type of things because you've done it forever. And, and I'm like, no, God, it is going to be a good day. And I'm going to have lots of energy. And if I want to take a nap, I can. If not, but I told Chuck, I said, you may want to think about it. We may have to take a nap today. <laughs> <laughs> but God's not worried about whether I got enough sleep or not because he's got this morning planned. He has everything in his hand and we know it because we lean into the spirit that is, that is living within us, that is moving above us, around us as we gather and suddenly out of it comes something we might not have even expected, Right? So the Lord has this year in his hands, so we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. So we're going to go to Romans. I'm going to read a little bit out of Romans, and then I'm going to tell you kind of what the base of what we're going to talk about is, and then Gene's going to share a little bit. Uh, I love to give Gene a heads up as soon as he walked in. I said, I might need for you to share something. He's like, okay. But you know what? The Holy Spirit knows what he's going to share. So, 
I gave him an example, but Morel is laughing. So uh, Romans 8, 5. I've really, and you know, last week I did talk about uh, the presence, and uh, that's probably going to be a big theme for us this year. We love the presence. We've always embraced the presence. But I'm telling you, something has shifted. Something has shifted. And I've had many of you say things to me, too. You know, there's a shifting uh, in our direction. So it's so good. Anyhow, Romans 8, 5. Let me find this here. For those who live according uh, to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. Well, that is not us. Because we do not live according to the flesh. Because the word says that they set their minds on the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, that is us. You can just raise your hand and say, that is me. I live according to the spirit. According to the spirit. Uh, let's see. But those who live according to the spirit, the things. Uh, sorry, let me start over. For those who live according to the flesh, set their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So our mind is set on the things of the spirit. Our mind is not set on the things of the flesh. And even though our mind may try to trickle over here, it is the spirit in us that reels us back in. Just as I said this morning, man, it's going to be a tough day. The spirit's like, who are you living with? Because he didn't say that. But, you know, that is, the, that is the feel I had. It was like, whoops, I forgot who lives in me. I forgot that I live by the Spirit. I live by the things according to the Spirit. I don't live by the things according to the flesh. I know that the energy I need for today, the Spirit has for me to have. I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to fall asleep while I'm preaching because the Spirit of God is like, we got some stuff to do this morning. We got to worship. We have to testify. We have to declare the goodness of who I am. We got some stuff to do. So our mind is not on the things of the flesh. Our mind is on what the Spirit has for us, right? That is such a good scripture, isn't it? God knew what he was doing, right? Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, right? Say, I'm not in the flesh. Nope, I'm not. But in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. But all of us, we can say, we all have the spirit of Christ. We all have it. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We are people of righteousness. We carry the spirit of righteousness. That is who we are. And even as Karen was sharing about the, uh, it's the year of pay, you know, it's interesting because, you know, some people follow the Hebrew, some people don't. But, but 2020 began the year of the voice. What happened in 2020? The COVID, the year. So what God had ordained for us was the, was the decade of the voice, of the declaration, of speaking out. And what the enemy tried to do was to silence us, right? So, uh, and it didn't work. It didn't work. We will not be silenced. 
we will not be stopped, right? Because we are led by the Spirit. It says, um, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. We are children of the Most High God, right? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. We didn't receive that. If we had it, we don't got it no more. If we do, we're going to command it to leave right now. Because we did not receive the bondage to fear. What did we receive? We received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And when we cry, Abba, Father, our Father says, what is it, child? A child doesn't cry, Father, and the Father runs in the other direction. When our children cry out, Father, the Father turns to the child. We receive the spirit of adoption. We are adopted into the holy family of God. And I know we all know this, but sometimes we just need to say it out loud again to remind us that we are not bound to fear. We are not bound to confusion. We are not bound to the enemy's plans. We are bound to a holy God that has made up their residence in us. So when it comes out of our mouth, something that does not agree with the word, we get a spirit check. The spirit goes, whoop. We need to pump that break because that's going to lead you a place that you're not going to want to go because you are adopted into my family. You are my children and I'm not going to let the words of your mouth because the word says in Psalm 30 said that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. That is my confession. So when that confession doesn't align with my words, then there's a spirit check. Holy Spirit says, oh, nope, not going to do that. Amen. Amen. I love the Holy Spirit. Thank goodness. So this is what I want to talk to you about. Now that we've talked a little bit about Romans. I just, we want to put in concrete, stir up what the word says about us and who we are. So, um, Something happened in the spirit realm, and I wasn't really sure what's happened. It started on Friday, and I, I really say that with all sincerity. If I knew what had happened, I'd just tell you this is what happened, this is what it means. But I really don't, but I feel like this is a move of God. This is what he's doing for all of us. Uh, so, you know, I usually have my quiet time with him and spend time with him. And during my quiet time, just worship, reading the word, I would have these... Uh, uh, these visions of being in a before the throne room worshiping on my knees worshiping and then I would find myself you know going through my mental checklist of what I needed to do and then all of a sudden I'd be back in the throne room and I'm like I I was thinking Lord what is wrong with me why can't I stay in that throne room place why do I let my mind go into the to-do list of the day and it was different things you know there were ideas I had and, you know, just different things. And this has gone on since Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I mean, what's today? Sunday. And um, this morning I was going through it and I was like, okay, Lord, I need to understand what's going on. Is there something to me? Do I need to, you know, you're just going through, you're doing, you're doing your checklist. And, and the the Lord was like, I could feel the, um, I felt puzzled 
because I was like, I can't figure out why I can't stay in that place. But I felt like the Lord was showing me it's not one thing or the other. He said, your spirit is in a place of worship right now. It doesn't mean that you've done something wrong because your mind suddenly remembers something or gets an idea or, or something pops up that you've been thinking about that's like, oh, yeah, that's good. It's not, it's not you're doing something wrong because you had a thought. He said, your spirit is in a place of worship right now. And I'm showing you these moments of worship before me. So this other thing that's going on is not for you to look for condemnation because you're not able to stay in that holy place for this extended time like you want to. He said, it is okay for your spirit to be there while, you're, while other things are coming in for you either to remember or revelation or there were a couple of little kind of aha moments I was writing down. He said, they're not exclusive. And I was like, huh. I don't know. I was, it was just like an aha moment for me. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I always like a little scripture to have a little confirmation in what he's saying. Uh, you know, I just try to understand what does that look like in the word. And he, he took me. He took me to 2 Kings 5.1. And we're just going to go there for a minute. I mean, does that ever happen to you where you feel like, oh, well, you know, if I was just focused enough, if I was just holy enough, if I was just spiritual, if I was, you know, if I was just, 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 just. And the Lord's like, calm down. <laughs> but, you know, part of that is... Your destiny is in my hands. So, so let's just live like you actually believe that is what is happening, right? Because we're so hard on ourselves sometimes. And it doesn't matter how good it was and how wonderful it was and the revelation that you had. It, I just felt like I was doing something wrong. So uh, 2 Kings 5.1. So I'm asking the Lord, I just need a little, little thought process on this. So I'm just going to read one and then we're going to skip over to 22. But it says, now Naaman, uh, commander of the army of the, king, uh, of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, the Lord had given him great victory. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. So we got Naaman, who's a leper, right? And so he goes through this process of getting healed. Do you remember the story? You know, Elisha says, go dunk yourself in the Jordan. He's like, that's gross. <laughs> and so he doesn't get healed. And then finally, a servant said, well, if he told you to do something great, you would have done that. So he went and dunked. He got healed, right? Well, it goes on and Naaman tries to bless Elisha, tries to give him money, tries to pour out on him. And Elisha's like, no, I don't need it. Go in peace. And this is where I want to pick up. Um, so his servant, Gehazi, sees money. And his eyes are open to, wow, you know, uh, I know my master doesn't want it, but what about me? So we're going to start in verse 22. It says, and so this is Eli, uh, Gehazi, and he runs up to Naaman 
And uh, Naaman has asked him, is all well? And he said, yes, all is well. My master has sent me saying, indeed, just now two young men of the sons of prophet have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give, give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. Oh, well, Naaman's like, wow, this is great. I can bless you because I'm healed. You know, I'm not a leper in, the, in, my, in my commander. You know, this is great. So he gives him and takes it and all this. And, um, and this is where I want to kind of press into. Let me find where it was again. Um, so he gives it to him. And in verse 25, uh, Gehazi leaves and he says, Now he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. And said to him, and said, and Elisha said to him, "Where did you go, Gehazi?" And he said, "Your servant did not go anywhere." Verse twenty-four. It says, "Then he or twenty-six. I'm sorry." It said, "Then he said to him, did my heart, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you?" Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? So in the living translation is it did not my spirit go with you? So Elisha is in his place where he should be. And his spirit went with Gehazi and was able to see what occurred. So when Gehazi came back, he knew. The spirit of Elisha knew what had occurred. So we understand that though our physical bodies are here, sometimes our spirit will go places our physical body doesn't go with them. And I have understood this before, and we see it in Scripture in other places. Uh, but it's interesting because just recently, about two, three weeks ago, we had a little baby in the hospital and, you know, I'm just praying. I'm just doing what I do. But then suddenly I could see my spirit in the hospital room, praying over the baby, holding her, declaring healing over her. And then I was back. And, you know, I've had that happen before, but I hadn't really thought that much about it until God started talking to me this weekend about, or even this morning about, they're not two different things. Your spirit can go in a place where your body and mind isn't going with it. And even, you know, continue to read this, you know, Gehazi ended up with leprosy. And you think about in Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit, but Peter knew you know, just think about there's things that you know that your spirit are encountering or engaging with or even going somewhere that you didn't go that gives you information from the heavenly realm, the mystery of God in order to prepare you for what is about to occur. Kind of fun and exciting and nerve wracking and all those kind of things because God is, he's pressing us beyond where we are. So we can enter in to a greater place of oneness with him. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read two other scriptures. I'm going to ask Jean to come up. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It, that, that kind of thing has happened to me several times. I've, I've gone somewhere in the spirit and I've known it. And it's different from being translated. 
your whole physical body. I've done that. That's very different from, you know, being somewhere else in the spirit and know that you're physically in your house or what, wherever you are. So, so I think, just think about that. Pray into that because I think God wants to stretch us where he can send us beyond where we, our passport might take us. True, that is good. Whew. Lord, I'm like super like nervous, excited kind of thing. <laughs> Stuff like that always undoes, you know, it just undoes me. I'm just like, okay, that's really cool. How does that, okay. So anyhow, but just know that when the possibilities opened in our heart, then God will access that possibility and invite you to go with him, Right. Uh, no, I don't think I'm going to read this scripture. Uh, I'm going to invite Gina. I asked him to come up and share what happened Friday night because it, it is to a breakthrough. You know, when someone has a breakthrough, the rest of us can follow in behind them, right? So, so it is a breakthrough. It's something that has never happened to him that was birthed out of a prophetic word that was given to him. So I wanted him to share that because I feel like the shared experience not only brings unity to us because we see what's happening with one another, but it also opens up our spirit to what God's going to give us, right? And it may not look exactly the same, but, you know, God has our destiny in his hands. Amen. So I'm going to invite you up. Well, some of you have already heard now from some of the testimonies that uh, uh, something happened Friday night and uh, uh, particularly in connection with me was something that I experienced Friday and felt to share uh, with the with the uh, congregation. And there was an immediate uh, manifestation uh, of that that which the Lord was showing me in the service uh, that even impacted my sister who wasn't even in here when I shared it. Um, but let me kind of give you a little bit of backstory. Uh, I believe it was about a week ago, either Wednesday or Thursday night. Uh, uh, I was with uh, Joe Plant and a few other brothers uh, at the Mellow Mushroom, which is if you Ooh, know, that's good. Uh, yeah, kind of a little, little little bit bougie for my taste when it comes to pizza, but it was it was it was good, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing when you're on a low carb diet, people invite you over for pizza, you know. So I just had chicken wings, but anyway, uh, we're there and we're just kind of sharing. And next thing I know, uh, uh, this this group of guys uh, that I'm sitting with, we began to prophesy to each other, and uh, they even uh, prophesied to the to the waitress. And you know, it was like, oh brother, this is going to get ugly here in a minute. But anyway, uh, I'm sitting there and uh, and. Uh, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Eddie Sosa, was uh, uh, began to speak the word of the Lord over me, and, and he said, uh, "He said God is going to begin to make you aware, uh, give you a greater awareness of angelic activity." And I thought, okay, that's nice. You know, I, I had no clue what that was, what that was going to look like. Uh, but it was interesting all the way up to Friday night. Uh, I would have these moments. It actually happened at work two times that all of a sudden, I mean, you know, your mind is one place, kind of like what you're talking about, and all of a sudden in your spirit is in enough, is kind of, kind of says, you know, whoa, uh, you, you need to pay attention to this. And, uh, 
I, I was aware of just angelic activity going on around me at work. And I thought, and you know, you think when you see that, you think it was like all of a sudden angels showed up. No, they were already there. Uh, you just showed up. That's what, what happened. And uh, I didn't think a whole lot about it. You know, it was just like, well, that was interesting. And then Friday night during, during the worship time, I'm sitting over here and... Uh, and all of a sudden, I'm, I, I am aware that there are a lot more individuals in the room than what I can see. And I first became, and when I heard, the, and the first thing I heard, it says, there, there are healing angels that are here tonight to have an assignment. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what angels have to do with healing. I honestly don't. I, I, there's a lot about this, I'm going to be honest with you, is mystery to me. So I'm not going to try to explain a mystery that I have no revelation of other than it just is. Okay? You, some, th some things you just, you know, God just shows you, say, yep, okay. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to wrap my head around it. I just know. But the, the Word does tell us to, to uh, pursue understanding and to pursue wisdom. And um, so I want to share something in, from the Word. Over in Genesis 28, it says that, um, it's talking about Jacob. It says, and now Jacob went from Beersheba, beginning with verse 10, it says, now Jacob went from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And so he came to a certain place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and placed it and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth. And it reached, its top reached to heaven. And there were angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Jacob becomes aware of, you know, he just, he sees a ladder, okay, and it is described as a ladder, and he saw angels ascending, you know, going up and going down. You know, it kind of reminds me, uh, you've been in the department stores and you see these uh, uh, escalators going up and down, you know, and, uh, it was just kind of like one of the kind of like that, and you know he's seen going up. He he, he doesn't know he doesn't know what, why there are those going up and why there are those coming down. He just knows that they're you know angels are just doing what angels do. And I think it's interesting what he says about that. He says in in he says in verse seventeen, after he woke up, he says, and he was afraid. First of all, there are many references in the Old and in the New Testament where angels appear and people are afraid. I'm going to be honest with you. I got a little nervous Friday night. I did because I thought, this, I really don't have a lot of clarity on this. But one thing that I was aware of when I saw the angels I don't advocate angel worship of any kind for any reason. I do not. 
you know, I mean, even Paul says, talks about those that preach another gospel. He says, even if an angel says it, let him be accursed. But one thing I do know, when, when you read in Revelation, and you read about the, uh, e even the, uh, the way the Ark of the Covenant was constructed, there were, there were uh, angelic beings that were fashioned out of brass on the Ark of, Ark of the Covenant. They were referred to as, as uh, uh, the, the cherubim. It said that they covered the holiness of God. Literally means they are assigned to protect the holiness of God. Why does God's holiness need to be protected? I don't have full understanding of that, but I do know this. There was one who tried to defile the presence of God and take over the presence of God, and he was an angel and stood in one of the highest-ranking angelic orders of all of, 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 of God's angelic beings, Lucifer. And the problem with Lucifer is he lost the fear of God. And Lucifer and a third of, of his cohorts were cast out of heaven. I One thing I do understand and I sense that the rest of the angelic community remembers that. And they have a healthy respect for the presence of God. But not only do they have a healthy respect, they carry that with them. Angels carry the fear of God. And that's what I saw when I when I when I, when I saw what was going on. Uh, uh, it was all of a sudden I was aware, more so than I was, even though I was aware of the angels, I was also even more aware of the holiness of God that was in the room. And then I want to read one other scripture in Hebrews chapter twelve. It says, but you have, in verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect." He talks about three groups, three categories of those who make up what's referred to as the heavenly Jerusalem, which also is made synonymous with the church. So he's talking about us. He talks about three uh, types of beings. He says, he says, the spirit of just men made perfect. That, that is us. That is those in the new covenant. Pastor Cindy's talking about uh, about uh, 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 life in the Spirit. We have our spirits are made perfect through the blood of Jesus and through the new creation. I didn't say your mind is perfect. I didn't say that you act perfect, but your spirit has been made perfect. So. 
Send me a nasty gram if you want to, but if, if you don't believe it, but that's okay. I, 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 you're not, you, that's, that's the story, and I'm sticking with it. And it talks about an innumerable company of angels, which are also part of the church. They are not part of the church like we are, but, they, but there is a connection between angels and the house of God. Jacob saw it, and the writer of Hebrews saw it. And he talked about a great cloud of witnesses as well. So we have the cloud of witnesses, who are those who have departed, the spirits of just men made perfect, and the innumerable company of angels. I got news for you. Angels are just as much a part of this service as you and I are. And they didn't ask our permission to be here. They didn't need it. Because where the presence of God is, they're going to be there also. That's where they live. Anywhere the presence of God is, the angels are there. But one of the things, and I, and I you know, this is, this is a mystery, but one thing I sense, part of the ministry of angels is to help make us more aware of the presence of God. They don't draw attention to themselves if they don't have to. But they will manifest themselves. In 1981, I was in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, at Rama Bible Training Center, sitting in, a, in an auditorium of, of several hundred students. And the, de, the, uh, the academic dean at Rama Bible Training Center was, was, was teaching, and he was teaching on angels and demons. Well, I've heard teaching on angels and demons from all kinds of people, Derek Prince, Lester Summerall, and you know, people like that. And he's teaching, on, he's teaching on, on angels and demons. And I'm sitting there, and I've got my notes out, and I'm writing notes, and i got my Bible out, and I kind of have my head down and everything. And, and all of a sudden, I just hear my spirit, look up. And I looked up, and there's, there's, there's Dr. Ken Stewart, who was, our, who was the professor in that class. He's standing up there, and I'm looking up, and there's this enormous being standing behind him. You know, we used to think that angels was these fat little babies with, the, with, 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 the, with, the, with wings, you know. Yeah. This guy had to be at least... 12 to 15 feet tall. His, his, his face was so bright, but yet it was like a, like a bronze color. I'm not talking, I'm not, I mean, it was, I can't even describe it. it. It wasn't like a tan. It was just like, it was just bright, but it was but, but almost like bronze or brass. And brilliant smile. Brilliant smile. He was smiling, and he was dressed. Uh, it wasn't like he had on heavy armor or anything like that, but at, the, but at the same time, you could tell he was dressed for battle. And he's standing over this professor, and, and, and then as quick as I saw it, it was gone. I didn't see it anymore. 
One of the gifts of the Spirit is the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits isn't just for the demonic realm because, because there are t- there's another realm that's at least twice as big as the demonic realm, and that is the angelic realm. And the discerning of spirits will allow you to see into that realm. I didn't ask to have a vision of angels Friday night. I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't looking for it. I, I wasn't listening to teaching on it or nothing like that. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, God says, there's going to be, there's healing angels. And the next thing I see, I see these angels, and they're just twirling twirling in a circle, just dancing and spinning. And, and, and I said, Lord, what are they doing? He said, well, until they get their assignment, they're going to worship before me. But all of a sudden, I became aware that something got their attention. They heard the words of knowledge that were being given, and they went to work. They even showed up when a lady comes in the door, amen, that didn't even hear the word of knowledge, and Boom. Angels are very busy people, but they're not busy for the sake of being busy. But they are very much involved in were involved in the body of Christ. They're very much involved with you. They are very much attentive to you. So be aware, when you sense the presence of God, there's also the presence of angels there. And they are there waiting for their assignment. And if they don't get an assignment, that's fine. They, they're good. They're good. But you're missing out. So be aware that in, particularly in 2024, there are angelic assignments that are being released, amen, by the prophetic voice. The, I'm telling you, along with angelic activity being on the increase, prophetic activity is on the increase. And there's something about, I, I really sense that the prophets that are speaking in this hour are working in tandem with the angels, There are angels assigned to the election this year. You better believe. There's angels assigned to our nation. There are angels at work in Israel and in Gaza. I came away with something. Not a fear of angels, or not an awe and worship of angels, but I did come away with a very healthy respect. And they're here. And they're here working on your behalf, taking care of those details that you don't have the time, the energy, the mind, or the understanding how to take care of. When, you, you know, when you're stressing over this, that, and the other, and the Holy Spirit spoke, speaks to you and says, chill, be calm, don't worry about this. I got this take, taken care of because there is more with, uh, working with you than there is working against you. 
Oh, Shadabai. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were praying with, we were praying with a, a, a gentleman at uh, Pinellas Hope yesterday. Jack, you remember Jack. Jack. Jack's the guy with the PTSD, okay? Uh, love this guy. And I had everybody, you know, he was sharing with me just some issues and things he's been going on with him. And I, I called the team together and we prayed over him. And, the, and, and one of the problems he was running into was the inefficiencies and brokenness in our, in our local medical system. I'm not, we got good doctors, we got good hospitals, but they're people, okay? And, uh, and you're dealing with bureaucracies of insurance companies and, and Medicare and all this kind of stuff, and sometimes things just, the dots don't connect and stuff don't get done. And he had been suffering with pain for over three years, and for, and for three years has been trying to get something done about it. And one of the things as I was praying for him, I began to see, and I even began to release the angels to go to work on his behalf to make sure that he got the care that he needed. Now, couldn't I have just prayed for him to get healed? I did pray for him to get healed. Amen. But the, but, the, but the medical system can be a part of that. It shouldn't be a hindrance to it. So there are details in your life, issues that are big, bigger than what you can, that you know how to deal with. Some of it's financial. Some of it's relational. Some of it, there, there are things that the, that the enemy has hid from you and stolen from you. There are even some of you who may have inheritances that you have not been made aware of. And the angels of the Lord can assist you with that, working in a way. We, we sing that song, Waymaker. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Amen. He never stops. He never stops working. And you know why, why, you know why he doesn't stop? Because he's got, he has got angels at, working on your behalf. So I'm telling you, be aware. And we're going to pray. We're going we're gonna to do that. We're going to release an impartation. You are going to become more aware of the angels. You're going to become more. Some of you are going to see angels. Some of them are going to show up at your bedside and wake you up. I saw angels Friday night escorting demons out the door. But if you don't take authority over those demons, the angels, their hands are tied. So we're going to pray. We're going to release an impartation. I don't know how it's going to work for you. I don't know what you're going to see. I don't know what you're going to experience. But I believe that part of the culture that God is in, in, in part of the culture that God is releasing in here is going to also include an understanding and a, and a, and a awareness of angelic activity. I believe that's going to be part of revival culture. I believe that's going to be part of kingdom culture. So we're going to be aware of them, and we're going to be confident and a lot less nervous because we know that there's more with us than there are with the enemy. Amen? Hallelujah. Would you stand up on your feet? Okay. Hallelujah. 
So, Father, even as you have spoken through your servants, Lord, and even as you have confirmed time and time again, especially Friday night, and opened the eyes of, of my understanding, and Lord God, even revealed and manifest their activity. Father, I thank you right now, and I release, God, the awareness of angelic beings in this house, Lord. Mm -hmm. And even, and, and not only angelic activity in this house, but angelic activity even in our individual houses, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that we would have that understanding and that confidence, God, that we are not alone, Father. And Lord, I thank you for the operation of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and the discerning of spirits, Father yes. God, to be able to, to mm -hmm. partner with, an, with angelic assistance, Father God, in those things that seem impossible to us because of our limitations, Father, in Jesus' name, that, Lord God, there is no limitation in the Spirit, Father. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that in this house, God, and with the houses of worship all through this region, Lord, there is, Father God, an innumerable company of angels, Lord God. And there are those, Lord, that they see your face day and night, and they carry with them the reverence and the fear of the holiness and presence of God. Lord, we, we bow before you this night, this day, Lord God, and we declare that you are holy, Lord, and we thank you, Lord God, for those servants that you have sent forth, Father God, to minister for those that shall be called the heirs of salvation. So, Lord, I thank you. And, Lord, even times in our ignorance, even sometimes even in our, in our foolishness, Lord God, that, Lord, you've got angels that work in spite of us, Father God. Lord, they protect us when we can't protect ourselves, Lord God. They deliver us from dangers we put ourselves in sometimes, Lord God. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that, that sometimes angels not only going to work on our behalf, but sometimes, Lord, those angels will even get in our way, Lord God, to keep us from harm and destruction. So, Lord, I thank you for the protection of the angelic host around each and every one of us. And, Lord God, for the awareness and the, and, the, and the respect, Father God, in this house for your servants, the ministering spirits, the angelic host. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And, Lord, we just open up our eyes to the unseen. Just as Jacob was able to see in a dream I open up everyone's eyes to be able to see in the natural past that into the unseen realm, Lord. Uh, as Elijah opened up his servant's eyes to be able to see the angelic army around them, Lord, we just release a supernatural unbinding of our eyes so that we are able to see in the unseen realm, that we will be able to distinguish what is good and what is holy and what is not, that there will be nothing that comes before us that our spirit hasn't been aware of to protect us. And Lord, we thank you that there is a shift in the spiritual realm for us, that we have cried out in hunger for many years of more, more, more God. And this is the answer, a piece of the answer to our hunger. You want us to see more. And we just bless and honor you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Whew, that was good. Thank you, Jean. And thank you, guys. And, you know, Jean and I share stuff like this with much fear and trembling because we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. And, and so I encourage you to go back, watch Friday night, watch this morning, even watch last Sunday's message and begin to meditate on it. Meditate on the words that have been released. Meditate, ask God, practice, open up my eyes to the unseen. You know, you can get something, but if you never practice it, you don't actually know how to use it. So ask the Lord, practice on me, show me. Because I want to move into this realm that is greater than the realm I'm in right now. Right? Amen. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. And I'm looking for lots of testimonies next week. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.